sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. And what the fruit of the Spirit are is these things Paul lays out in the book of Galatians. And he's listing out the goal of the Spirit in your life. So if you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. And what Paul says is, if you have the Spirit... This is what the Spirit's goal to do in your life. And Jesus in his teaching says, you will know them by their fruit. And what Paul is doing is kind of, okay, that, that may have confused you. We don't know what fruit is. Here's what unpacking of what fruit is. So what we've been doing is going through these different topics of fruit, like patience and joy and peace. And we've been looking at them and looking in the life of Jesus, see where kindness is revealed. And this morning we'll look in the book of Luke in chapter 5, I would say that kindness is different than the other fruits of the Spirit. And here's why. First, you, kindness is proactive, right? For peace, you have to have chaos. For patience, you have to have stress. For joy, there has to be something not to be joyful about. It's kind of a responsive fruit in your life. But, but kindness is more of a proactive fruit, right? Kindness has, has a sense of, I'm going to initiate. And also, kindness is kind of vague. We kind of get a general sense of what joy is, or what patience is, or what peace is. But kindness is something we, we, we don't know what it is until we experience it, right? We don't know what kindness is until we experience it. Somebody does it to us. Or maybe you have a, this vision of kindness as something like, um, a random act of kindness or paying it for or in your drive through and you're paying the meal for the person behind you or, or leaving a tip. And all these things are in under the umbrella of kindness. Even on our student camp, we was on our way home for high school and we we're on this one of those nice buses with TVs and everything. And we watched a movie and the movie was Evan Almighty. Anybody watched Evan Almighty? Yeah, if you haven't, it's OK. It's not that good. But we watched it, and the, the, it's the sequel of Bruce Almighty, which is a little better, but still not that great. Um, but it's, Michael, uh, it's Steve Carell, which is great, the only thing great about the movie. And Steve Carell is a guy named Evan Baxter. He's running for Congress. And he prays, and he says, Lord, I want to change the world. God, I want to change the world. And God, i.e. Morgan Freeman, shows up, and he, he tells him to build an ark. He kind of makes him into this Noah figure. And, and, and Steve Carell ends up like wearing weird clothes and growing this nasty beard. And he becomes Noah, basically. He builds an ark. He eventually, he eventually saves him from a dam that explodes and the, the whole valley floods. And at the end of the movie, this is a spoiler, but still, you're okay. Um, if you, in, the, in the end of the movie, Morgan Freeman, i.e. God, is standing next to Steve Carell. And he says, you wanted to change the world, right? You pray that you would change the world. I said, yeah. And he spelled R-A-K in the dirt. Acts of random kindness, which is kind of cheesy and doesn't really make sense. But I think that's like what we view kindness as. These random, isolated acts, and they might change the world. Which those things are not... Bad. Those things are great. I love when people pay for my food ahead of me. But I want to say Jesus is pressing us further. Jesus has given us a radical gospel kindness that goes further than random acts. This morning I want to offer you kind of two summations, two points of kindness that we see in the life of Jesus 
then we'll kind of land on how do we get there. So two acts of kind, two, two points of kindness that we see in the life of Jesus, then we're going to show how we can get there. So if you have a Bible, you can stand with me. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. We're going to, I'm going to start by reading Galatians 5 first, and you can just be in Luke 5. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the back of your seed, or you can read it in the bulletin and also be up on the screen. So I'm going to read Galatians 5 first, then we'll go to Luke 5. Hear the word of the Lord. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. In Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, do not tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer us sacrifices to Mo- that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word that cuts a little bit. We all come in knowing this morning that we're not the kindest people. But Lord, use your word and your servant to speak to us this morning. We beg you. Amen. You may be seated. So two observations about kindness. Then how do we get there? First observation, we see that kindness is intentional. Kindness is intentional. If you look with me at verse 12, it says that Jesus was in one of the towns. This is a mark of Jesus' ministry, right? He's around people. He's always rubbing shoulders with people. He's always around among the community. If you're the king of the world, you're hanging out in the back of limo, right? Jesus' intentionality steps into the community, steps into the world and says, hey, I want to be with my people. You know, if Jesus just did this once, it'd be different. Jesus was always around people. And for him to be around this guy was even a bigger deal. This man had leprosy. If you're not sure what leprosy is, leprosy is a skin disease. It's a skin disease. It's actually contagious. It's a disease that everybody was terrified of. There was laws against spending time with this man. So this man could not be around anybody. Could not be around a single person. Could not have a family. It was said that if a man was upwind of the community, he had to be 400 yards away. And if he was downwind, over 100 So for Jesus to encounter this man, he wasn't around the clean people. He was around the dirty. And this wasn't just made up. This was actually in the Mosaic Law. In Leviticus 13, it's a whole chapter on skin disease. What God and Moses are laying out the laws on how to treat or how to examine skin disease. And this is what the end of that chapter says about people with skin disease. 
As long as they have the, the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. The camp for them was their community, their town, their neighborhoods. So this man probably had this disease for a very long time. Probably had, doesn't have any friends. Probably hasn't had anybody in his life. And Jesus is intentionally stepping in his path. This wasn't a random act by Jesus. He intentionally gets in the way of this man to make sure he's seen. Jesus' intentionality steps in. In John chapter 4, we see a, a woman at the well, and you see a story of Jesus telling his disciples he must go through Samaria. That's just not true. Jews did not go through Samaria. They hated Samaritans, so they went around. But Jesus said, I have to go through Samaria. Why? He intentionally was seeking this woman. See, Jesus was doing this all of his ministry. He was intentionally going out of his way to be around people that nobody wanted to be around. We see all throughout the book of Luke that Jesus is around a woman with a discharge. And for a man to touch a woman was big. For a man to touch a person with a discharge was even worse. You see, Jesus steps in in Luke chapter 8, and he touches a dead person and tells her to rise. For a Jew to touch a dead person was breaking the law on all levels. That's as unclean as it gets. Jesus is constantly around the dirty and unclean in the society. He's intentional with everything he does. We know what Jesus' mission is, right? He came to seek and save the lost. In Acts chapter 10, we see Peter is kind of preaching to these priests and in these, in these rulers. And he says, you know what Jesus did, and you know of all the good works he did. Jesus was known for being around people that nobody else is being around. One of my favorite pastors once said, he said, um, after our sermons and our church services are long forgotten, they remember us by our kindness. Jesus had amazing teaching. We should hold that teaching up and adore it. But we must not forget his kindness. His intentional kindness was always around the low and unlikely. Maybe you, have a, you come in this morning, you have a version of kindness. To you, you think, well, kindness is something I just turn on when the, the circumstances arise. Kindness is something that I just like let the person out in front of me after church. <laughs> kindness is this, this version of kindness that, that we do it conveniently. And often what Jesus is calling us to is a, is, a, is a kindness that says, you're worth my time. You're worth me going out of my way. You're worth interrupting my day. Intentional kindness wakes up with a posture or prays, wakes up and prays for a posture that says, hey, who can I serve today? 
Kindness is not a project. What I mean by that is kindness is not something we, we like focus on for a week. As kids, we, we may have helped our, our, the old lady across the street or the, the old man across the street or the, helped the person that is in need across the street or in our neighborhoods, but when our mom told us to clean our room, we'd never do it. Kindness has to do with the heart. So are you willing for your heart to be postured in such a way that says, hey, I'm, I'm open to being kind? What's going to happen today? Intentional kindness prays for a posture that says, who can I serve today? Kindness is intentional. But further than that, kindness is costly. Look at verse 13. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately, immediately the leprosy left him. You could imagine a Jew watching this go down. As, as Jesus is reaching his hand out, there's probably a Jew internally or externally saying, no, Jesus, do not touch him. You don't know what you're doing, Jesus. Have you not read what Moses said? Jesus, don't touch him. You know Jesus didn't have to touch him, right? In Mark, we see these guys lift, bring this, this, lep, this um, lame man through the roof, and Jesus says, hey, get up and walk. We see that a, a centurion comes to Jesus, hey, my daughter is sick. Will you, will you come, will you just say the word and heal her? Yeah, she's healed. Go home and find her healed. He didn't have to touch him. And for a Jew to touch somebody unclean, it was blasphemy. Listen to what the, the law says about this in, Le, in Leviticus verse, chapter 7, verse 21. Anyone who touches something unclean, whether human uncleanness or an unclean animal, animal or an unclean creature that moves along the ground and then eats any of the meat of the fellowship offering belongs, that belongs to the Lord, must be cut off from the people. So, so the unclean person is already cut off. If you touch the unclean person, you're cut off. You're unclean. Jews were terrified. The Hebrews in this day were terrified of a disease going through their camp. For Jesus to touch this man, you can imagine the aspersions that were cast upon. You can imagine the murmurs around the community. Does he not know the law? Has, has he not read what Moses said? Is he that arrogant? Only the priest is supposed to be near the unclean. And the priest wouldn't ever touch the unclean. The priest's role was to examine the unclean and declare if they're clean or unclean. The priest's job would basically, hey, you can stay in the camp or you need to go out of the camp. And Jesus steps on the scene. And God walks up to him. He didn't do an interview first. He didn't ask him what he's going to do with it. He didn't ask him, 
how he got unclean. He didn't, he didn't go through this process. He says, no, I'm willing to be clean. This is radical for this day. To touch an unclean person would be unheard of. Jesus risked his reputation. He risked his, his honor. And ultimately, people hated him, and the priest, high priest hated him because he did stuff like this. Jesus' kindness was a costly kindness. Jesus stepped into the world and wasn't just intentional. He stepped into people's lives that didn't deserve it, that were in the right order of the culture, or they were in doing what they thought was right. And Jesus steps in and says, hey, be clean. Jesus had a radical view of kindness. See, some of us think of kindness maybe as a, a, a version of a comfortability. I'll be kind when it's easy. But costly kindness says, says it's worth it. Costly kindness doesn't seek reputation. Costly kindness doesn't seek honor. Costly kindness isn't worried if they say thank you or not. Costly kindness looks at the orphan in need of a home and says it's worth it, knowing how much it's going to cost on their lives and in their bank account. Costly kindness looks at the foster care and says, I know it's going to be really difficult, but they're worth it. Costly kindness says to the community in deep need of Jesus and to our neighbors that you don't really like. They're worth inviting to my home. Costly kindness is hard. But costly kindness ultimately says to the people you serve, you are worth my time, my money, and my effort. Costly kindness says to me and it says to the world, I love you more than me. Costly kindness changes things. So kindness is intentional. We see that in the life of Jesus, and we see that kindness is costly. And you're like, awesome, Zach, I feel horrible. Can we leave now? So how do we get there? I want to give you one like overarching truth, an application which covers a, a few things under it. Make room. Make room. Make room for the gospel. You see in verse 16, what does Jesus do? He goes to a lonely place to spend time with his father. I was kind of tempted to talk about how Jesus was an introvert and how everybody should be okay with introverts like me. But Jesus is always going away to spend time with his father. Why? Because his renewal... To be kind comes out of a resource of kindness from his Father. We will never be able to be kind without spending time 
with our kind Father. And as we spend time with our Father in prayer, in Bible reading, we're rehearsing the gospel to ourselves. Because if you don't rehearse the gospel to yourself, you will try to be kind out of shame and guilt and you'll be miserable. Shame and guilt seeks approval. You want somebody to tell you you're awesome. And here's the reality. Jesus has already done that. See, the reason Jesus can touch the unclean and they become clean and he does not become clean is because one day he would become unclean for our sake. One day he would go outside the camp instead of the outcast going outside the camp. He would go outside the camp and die on Golgotha and say, Jesus, and say, Father, I'm taking the uncleanness so they become clean. And when you're rehearsing that to yourself, you must realize that you are spotless. That in Jesus Christ, you are kind. The leper came to Jesus with so many sores, so much baggage, with so much loneliness. And Jesus says, be clean. We come to Jesus with so much baggage, so much hurt. We had, we had that weight on our chest that we couldn't get off. We come to Jesus and what Jesus does to us, he says, I take your uncleanness, I take your baggage, I take your sores, give it to me and you are spotless. The priest could not do what Jesus could do. Our pastors cannot do what Jesus could do. Only Jesus can make us clean. So as you step into kindness, you must realize you're stepping in in freedom of guilt. You are spotless. Jesus, when, when God sees you, he sees a beautiful, innocent, clean person. In Jesus, you are perfectly kind. Maybe you've walked up in here and you're not a Christian. You've never bowed your knee to Jesus. You've never put your faith in God. But you walk in here because all the ways you've tried to relieve that burden have came to no answer. And you walk, away, walk around like a chain is around your neck. And you do not know how to get it off. See this story. This man. No hope. No friends. So much guilt, so much pain. He sees Jesus and says, will you heal me? And Jesus says, yes, I will. If, if you're here and you have not put your faith in Jesus, come to him and ask him to, to cleanse you from your sins. And he will not say, wait a little while. He said, I will be clean. In your faith and in your trust in Jesus, at that moment, Jesus not only cleanses you, he claims you as his. Trust him today. 
Christians, the platform for our kindness has always been, will always be the gospel. If you do this out of shame and guilt, you will be miserable. So out of that platform and out of the launching pad of the gospel, the freedom that we are spotless in Christ, I think, I think this text, I think the Bible encourages us to step into two things. Not only make room for the gospel, but make room in your schedules. I know, like, you're looking at me weird because you don't, like, Zach, you don't even have kids yet. And some of you, like, I'm, I'm blown away by how you function. It's, it's really honestly encouraging a, fan, a church with so many kids that we have so many healthy families. So I get it. Life is busy. Work is hard. Children are difficult. So here's what I mean. That doesn't mean maybe creating a time slot in your day or time slot in your week. Maybe it means holding your schedule with loose hands. It's it's saying that I'm willing to be inconvenienced for somebody else. Are you willing to do that? We all know, like, it's hard. We all have a friend or a person that every time you get to call from, you're like, man, We all have things going on. But are you willing to step into kindness and say, hey, I don't own this life. I don't own my schedule. I don't own my kids. I don't own my work. I'm here to step into that kindness in all those areas. Lord, create in me a heart that's inconvenient for other people. You making time out of your schedule for somebody else serves them so well. And you know this. Anytime you've been served, anytime that's helped, had a community group help move you, you're like, I don't know what I would do without you guys. Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Make room in your schedules for kindness. But also make room in your context. What I mean by that is where you spend time. See, kindness can make you uncomfortable, can it? I'm not necessarily talking about physical uncomfortability, but it may cost you that, but social and emotional uncomfortability. If you've never felt an awkward moment, you're not, maybe you're not trying too hard to be kind. Because comfortability seeks to be around people that are just like me. If, you, if you've been in community group, you've experienced awkward moments, right? Because there's people not like you in there. And that's the beauty of kindness. Beauty of kindness, it not only serves somebody else, it serves us. That God is molding us and making us. Where, what, what parts of town are you avoiding? And there may be some parts of town you should avoid for your specific context. But what parts of your neighborhood are you avoiding? What neighbors are you avoiding? Maybe to be kind means to spend more time in your front yard than your backyard. 
I don't know, I don't know your, everybody's lives. I don't know what that means for you. My question for you, are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to, to have the awkward moments? Are you willing to be annoyed? That's what kindness will do. Could you imagine what Jesus had to go through with his disciples? Like Peter was a moron sometimes. But in his loving kindness, he like hung out with him every day. Kindness is willing to be uncomfortable. Are you willing to step in and make room for the gospel? Make room in your schedules? Make room in your context? There's a guy in the second century named Justin Martyr. It's where we get the word martyr from, the people who die for the sake of the gospel. And Justin Martyr was basically with this guy who defended the faith. And, and he wrote a book called The First Apology. And what this first apology was, is, it's this defense of the Christian faith. And he's trying to write to the emperor saying, hey, Christianity is true and you should support it. Or at least tolerate it. He writes all kinds of different arguments. The most fascinating argument in that whole book is when he's writing to the emperor to, for him to tolerate Christianity. And he says, where Christianity flourishes, non-Christians are better off. He says it again. He, he says to the emperor, where Christianity flourishes, non-Christians are better off. What if that was true today? What if we stepped into a gospel kindness that says, hey, I want to make this community better? What if we stepped into our homes and our neighborhoods, our places where we play golf or go to the pool, where we work? What if we stepped in with a gospel kindness, a radical, costly, and intentional kindness that people would look at us and say, I couldn't imagine this place without you. What if your neighbors were some of the saddest people when you moved out? Kindness, this type of kindness, can change the world like Morgan Freeman said. Gradually, over time, God's kingdom would spread to a type of kindness that says, you're worth my time, my money, my sweat. What if our community experienced that from us? My prayer for this place, and myself included, is that we would cultivate in our hearts, through community and God's word and prayer, a type of kindness that drew people. Mark Twain once said that kindness is the language the blind can see and the deaf can hear. How will we be felt in this community? Let's pray.